All right, Happy New Year. We are in a new year, a new decade, 2020. Hopefully you had a great holiday season, and hopefully our vision is as clear as the term, 2020 vision. All right, welcome to the Alvin Galloway Show here on Radio Phoenix. On this session of the show, I have Mr. Ghazi Muhammad and his wife Cheyenne Muhammad, and they are certified speakers and coaches with the John Maxwell Training Series. Also, uh, they are motivational speakers, authors, and entrepreneurs. And we're going to talk to them about their journey and how they are turned a tragedy into a triumph here on the Alvin Galloway Show. And we'll hear a little bit of Stevie, and we'll be back. What is and how much they can And be the first to complain about nothing And life going their way The attitude's dead now I can't do nothing about And they're happy with just breathing in and out The ones that when you say let's go make a difference They'll say nah that's okay So I don't waste time on the flip side Cause I do know the real on the flip side And I'm crystal clear every day That's why
All right. That's Stevie Wonder and Positivity here on the Alvin Galloway Show on RadioPhoenix.org. And I'm with uh, Ghazi and Cheyenne Muhammad. Uh, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, brother. We're glad to be here. I'm glad to have you. Uh, you know, Ghazi and I have been in uh, a few productions. Uh, the, the Bounce Back. Yes, sir. We're looking to do again. Um, thanks to the wonderful Miss Alexis Rowan, and uh, that was definitely that was an experience. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah doing the Hurt Burger. Right, right. <laughs> two weeks, <laughs> two weeks at the Hurt Burger. That was yeah, big time. Yeah, that was big time. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, and then the storytelling right, at the whole, uh, the whole story. Mm-hmm. Uh, you did a couple couple sessions. Yes, sir, I did. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I just finished one, so that's been uh, that's been a good experience. Yeah. Uh, with yeah. the uh, yeah, shout out to Rachel, or shout out to Rachel Eggborough. Yes, 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 two dynamic women. Yes, really. uh, doing some things here in the valley. Well, actually, Alexis uh, left us and is in Charlotte. Uh, yeah, and, and, yeah, she, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she left us and went for bigger things on the yeah, East right. Coast. Yes, yes, and we have a dynamic woman here, uh, wife uh, Cheyenne. Thank Thanks you for coming. And, um, tell us about well, first. We're going to talk about the the one experience that has kind of blossomed into something more. Uh, but tell us a little bit about uh, your journey. And we'll start with, uh, you. I found out you're from New Jersey, and how did you come out to Arizona and all that good stuff, uh, avoiding the snow and stuff? Yeah. <laughs> so I am from Atlantic City, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Uh, born and raised, all my family. People think that Atlantic City, nobody lives there. It's mm. just casinos, but people live there. People live there. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm from Atlantic City. My mother went in the military when I was 11 years old, mm. and so we started to travel from there. Um, so I lived in Europe on and uh-huh. off for nine years. So, so I went first with her, and then I went into the military myself when I turned 18 and went back to Germany twice. Oh, okay. So I actually moved here to Phoenix straight from Germany. Wow. Found my apartment, found places to work, all kinds of things. So I moved here straight from um, Germany. Dropped me The plane dropped me off in Atlanta, and then I drove to Phoenix, never having been here before. Wow. So what made you decide to come to Phoenix? Uh, you want the story I tell or you want the real story? <laughs> oh, the real story. The real story is that, unfortunately, my baby brother um, is incarcerated without the possibility of parole. Mm. And um, he was in California. Well, he still is in California, but um, it was just two hours from um, Phoenix where he was, uh, the prison that he's in. And so or he's moved around a couple times, so I say where he was. Mm-hmm. Um so I moved out here so that he would have some family closer. Mm-hmm. So that was my whole purpose of moving to Phoenix. But, you know, God works in mysterious ways. Yes. So I was really supposed to be here because I've fallen in love with Phoenix. And, I, uh, you know, I have no intention on living anywhere else mm. unless I talk my husband into moving <laughs> out of the country. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working You're on working it. Working I'm working on, on it. it. <laughs> Is there any place that you want to move, I say, out of the country, any particular place? Well, I really had intentions on going back to Germany because, you know, you just go with what you know. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Um, I'm very familiar with Europe. So um, I thought I would move back to Germany. But this with this guy over here, that's not happening. said <laughs> <laughs> no Germany. It's not happening. Maybe Africa, you right. know, maybe somewhere in the islands, mm-hmm. but not, not to Germany. <laughs> <laughs> and, Ghazi, uh, tell us a little bit about your journey. I, I know your journey, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, mm-hmm. you know, my journey, um, I think she and I came in the same year. Um, 2007. Seven. No, that's amazing. Same year. Mm. Um, but at the time, I was um, married um, to my ex-wife, and we came here with seven children. Mm. And um, one of my daughters was born here. My, my younger daughter, Satara, she's 10. She was born here. But I came um, originally, you know, my boys was getting older, and I'm mm. from St. Louis. Mm-hmm. And St. Louis, as you know, in 2019, St. Louis is the most violent city in the country as far mm. as murders per capita. Yeah. And it's been up in one, two, and three for many years yeah. you know, per capita. You know, very violent city. A lot of young brothers getting killed. And I was very familiar with the streets and, you know, the street life. I come up in it, and the neighborhood we lived in was one of the roughest neighborhoods. You know, we seen a lot of violence. And I got to a point where um, I wanted my sons in particular to see something different, you right. know. Um, I don't want them to be statistics. Mm-hmm. You know, I come from um, a family where a lot of the men in my family have been incarcerated and some are incarcerated right now, and it's even trickling down to the generation up under me. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of my uh, younger cousins 
life without parole, 15 years, 20 years, you know, mm -hmm. um, quite a few of them actually. So um, when, initially when I moved out here, the idea was, let me get away from St. Louis. And you know, we didn't know nothing about Phoenix. We literally looked at the, took a globe and spin it and mm -hmm. bloop, you know? <laughs> and it, it was simply like that. We, we didn't wow. know that uh, it, it was a low population of, of black people here. We didn't mm -hmm. know it was so close to Mexico. We didn't do none of the, the research. I flew out here to check it out. I seen the mountains. I, I rode up to Sedona my first day here, and I fell in love. I'm like, this is the spot. This is the spot. This is the spot, right? Right, right. And, um, you know, I've been there ever since. And, man, you talking about transformation. It's been, like, absolutely awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. It, it, uh, Arizona does that to you. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, uh, even when I came here, I got off the plane on the 5th of July, 104 degrees at midnight. Mm. I was like, ooh, I can't. <laughs> I'm like, I threw up father because I came out for school. I said, like, oh, I don't think I'm gonna last a week out right. here. <laughs> <laughs> and been here, ooh, I hate to say how many years. It's been some decades. Wow. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, it does something. The, the mountains and uh, I say the the cleanness and yeah. and everything. It does make a change. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that's some great stuff. Mm -hmm. So now, how did you both get into uh, coaching and uh, speaking? I'll go first. My story is shorter. <laughs> um, so uh, I, I mentioned earlier that I was in the military, and in the military, you know, you do leadership. Mm. You do leadership no matter who you are. So um, I learned to lead through the military. I went in when I was 18 years old. Um, and, of course, once you get into leadership, you, you become a voice. Mm. So, um, you know, there was that. And then I, uh, once I got out of the military and moved here, I'm a registered nurse, so I went into hospital leadership, mm. and in hospital leadership, I kind of found a love for teaching. You know, um, I, I you know I taught infection control. I was responsible for making sure the hospital was compliant. I was constantly in front of people. I led all of the um, hospital meetings. You know, um, which means that I am um, in a position of authority, even with the physicians. Right. Um, and so you know that was a huge leadership role. You know, I did that for six years, and. Um, and I uh, just found a love for training and, and helping people to, um, or helping the facility to improve. So with that, you know, that kind of made me comfortable with being in front of people, comfortable with coaching people, comfortable with training. And once I left, walked away from my job and got into entrepreneurship, I started coaching on finances, which is another area where I was strong. Um, and once I was coaching on finances and helping people to change their credit and change their financial situation, purchase homes and things like that, and just get out of a financial rut, people started asking me to speak. Mm. People were calling me and asking me to speak, and I didn't even know anything about being paid to speak at the time. So, uh, and then, you know, in come this man, this <laughs> handsome man over here, and um, he opened up a whole world of speaking, and I got to watch him build his business, and, and um, I got to watch him speak. He watched me speak, um, and we just thought, and then people started saying things about us speaking together mm. that we didn't even see. And so that kind of, um, and then our, our tragedy, all of that together morphed into um, us together speaking and training and coaching. And we were good, separate. He, he's very, you know, good at what he does. Mm -hmm. I was good at what I did, but together we are dynamic and able right. to give people a yin and yang. He is very um, passionate. You know, he is very deep, and I am very, you know, straight to the point and very simple. And you put those things together, and we have something that can touch a variety of different people. Mm -hmm. So... That's amazing. That's amazing. So now, being a certified uh, John Maxwell speaker, what, is, what does that involve? So um, we recently signed up for the John Maxwell um, team, and it was something that I personally looked into about five years ago. Mm -hmm. And um, at the time, I wasn't ready <coughs> excuse me, to make the um, financial investment. You know, it was a hefty financial investment. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, recently, um, this year, you know, we looked at several programs, um, or, or several people who have, you know, pretty good programs, and we just felt that that was the, one of the best ones um, that give us the better bang for the buck um, in terms of helping us level up. Um, it's very phenomenal, the, the, the program, um, as we just finished, or completed um, a part of the course called um, Everybody Communicate, Few Connect. I mean, very profound. Um, 
and um, one on masterminds. And it's just, mm-hmm. uh, I think it's maybe thousands and thousands of people that's a part of the John Maxwell team. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just some good coaching and training and speaking uh, platform to really help people level up. Very organized, a lot of good material, a lot of good content. And um, it helped you level up personally, personal development, as yeah. well as uh, taking your business into the corporate world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because uh, did you, growing up, did you imagine this? This this transformation. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Growing up, oh no, I didn't imagine none of that. You know, I started speaking actually. Um, you know, as you know, I got in trouble when I was coming up. Mm-hmm. So from high school, I went to prison. Um, I think I was one of the first in that school to prison pipeline among mm-hmm. young people. You know, back in the eighties mm-hmm. when um, crack cocaine first hit the inner city and 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 the the, the, the gang. Um, Cripping blood phenomenon pretty much um, saturated the, the, the inner cities across America. Um, I was among them first groups back in them 80s that, that of young people from high school that started going to prison, you know, after crack came into the in, into the community. Mm. But I started um, teaching or talking when I was in prison. So I started reading a lot of books. I, I came across, I was blessed to come across a lot of older older guys who was giving me books and they was like mentors and I called them my professors mm-hmm. and um, I started just regurgitating what they was teaching me and I became very effective in it in, in prison. Uh, a lot of people know me as being a great speaker when I was in prison and when I came home um, I started working with a nonprofit in St. Louis that worked with an at-risk youth. It was St. Louis County Community at the time and um, they put me in one of the worst high schools in, in St. Louis, Beaumont High School at that time, and I started talking, and they was like, man, this guy can talk. So mm-hmm. they, they said I was going from school to school, and I think one year we talked to probably 10,000 young people throughout wow. the city from elementary school to high schools, a few colleges, and it was just um, – that started me on a road professionally to really be, become a speaker. But um, like Cheyenne said, I didn't know I can be a professional speaker. It's just something I love to do. Right. I was very passionate about it. I wasn't thinking about no business. I wasn't thinking about no money. I had other businesses that I was doing to, to take, take care of my family, but that was something that I, I engaged in consistently. Mm-hmm. I never gave it up no matter what business I had, and I've had several uh, other business ventures that, that, that paid me pretty good, but I always stay consistent with speaking. It's something I love to do. Okay. Community Radio is supported by a donation from Health Lumber Company, Incorporated, with several decades of history with community involvement in Arizona. We want to thank Health Lumber for their support. More information at healthlumber.com. H-E-L-D-T lumber.com. Fade 
jazz artist Brettina, and I love listening to The Alvin Galloway Show every Sunday, 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. on RadioPhoenix.org for conversation, information, music, and culture. So stay tuned as you tune in for an intellectual tune-up on The Alvin Galloway Show. How do we see our lives? All right, welcome back to the Alvin Galloway Show here on RadioPhoenix.org. And I thank uh, Brett Tina for that drop. And the song uh, before that was her, uh, Pardon the Storm. And she talks about overcoming challenges. Um, you know, we have those storms in our life, but we got to process, process it and move forward. And uh, with uh, Ghazi Muhammad and his wife Cheyenne, and we we're talking a little bit about their journey um, um, to come to Arizona, and uh, now we're going to try. To, we're going to talk a little bit about their processing a storm that came in their life and how they are, o- are overcoming and helping others. Uh, recently, uh, you lost a, a daughter, um, so tell us a little bit about that. And, uh, and I want to give uh, you know my condolences and everything. And I know it's difficult, uh, and I appreciate you. Uh, being able to uh, uh, talk about it because when I heard Brother Ghazi telling about God's working, I was like, oh man, this this is amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah so um, it's difficult to talk about the uh, losing her without talking about the process that it took to get her. Mm. Um, so I have um, something called polycystic ovarian syndrome 
which um, I knew about at, from the age of 16. Um, I had an actual surgical diagnosis at the age of 19. Um, and with polycystic ovarian syndrome, you it makes it difficult for you to have a child on your own. So I've been told since I was 16 that I wouldn't have um, children on my own. Um, and so I do have one 10-year-old. I got pregnant um, naturally at the age of 31, had him at 32, but then nothing after that. Nothing before, nothing after. It's my one and only pregnancy. So, um, you know, I have been telling God, listen here, I would like to be a mother again. I would like another child. My son, you know, was the only, ch well, he's only my only child. Um, and so, you know, me and God had some deep conversations mm. about another baby. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, um, once Ghazi and I got married, that was something that I made very clear up front that I want another baby. Um, I am 43, so we had to act fast. We didn't have time to waste. <laughs> the clock was ticking. So, um, you know, I've been talking to God for years about this, about this child, about wanting another child, wanting to be a mom again. Um, and so we got pregnant, and it was a miracle. I was, you know, just so excited about it. I think I talked Ghazi to death. He was very patient with me. Like every little aspect, you know, this is what the baby does at, at um, two weeks and at three weeks and at four weeks. And I was watching videos and everybody in the house is, was involved with my with the process of my pregnancy. Um, so it was a very exciting time. Even for our foster children, uh, they talk about it. Are you eating broccoli because of her for the baby? And um, did you buy that this and that for the baby? So it was very exciting mm -hmm. uh, for us. This was, it, I think there's a little bit of a difference in a, um, when you plan a child, when you plan and you work towards and you pray about it. Um, there's a little bit of difference there than there is when you just, oops, right. I'm pregnant. Right, <laughs> right, yeah. So, um, you know, we, October 15th, we had uh, an appointment and she was doing well. I put a video on social media where she was sucking her thumb mm. and she was alive and well and vibrant. But I had these underlying little um, health things going on. And from the October 15th appointment, things just happened very quickly. Um, I felt her slipping away inside my body. Mm. So by the 20th, I'm pretty confident that she was gone. The 19th and 20th, I'm pretty sure she was gone. Um, Ghazi was gone out of town uh, to a funeral and some speaking engagements in St. Louis when I was for sure that she was gone um, inside me. So I carried her, you know, for three days, wow. you know, ha having this on my heart by myself. Mm -hmm. I waited until he got back home to tell him. And I waited even till then. I didn't tell him the night he came home. I told him the next morning while we were on our way to the doctor that, that same morning that um, I'm pretty sure she's gone. So don't be um, surprised when we go to the doctor and there's no heartbeat. Mm. So, um, so we got there and they confirmed what I already knew. And um, after that, everything happened pretty quickly. We went to the hospital that same night. Um, she came the next morning. Um, I had her delivered her the next morning and she was still. And um, I spent the most beautiful, uh, maybe five or six hours that you could, most beautiful time that you could spend with a lifeless body. Mm. Um, you know, I'm grateful to Ghazi because I know other women who have experienced this that their spouses were uncomfortable or uh, maybe not as supportive as he, you know, as he was. So many women have reached out to me and told me their stories now that I was so open with it on social media. Right. Um, but I don't, I don't know if he had not been so supportive and just giving me the space in the room to do whatever I needed to do. I don't know if I would have loved on this little lifeless baby and just looked at every part of her body. And, you know, I laid her next to me in, in the hospital bed and went to sleep. And I mean, a peaceful sleep, mm -hmm. had the most peaceful couple of hours of sleep. Um, with this little lifeless baby, because that's the only t opportunity I will ever have to mother this child. Mm -hmm. So um, he gave me the room to do that. I will always be grateful. Not only did he do that, he took pictures of me sleeping with her. And I, when I tell you that I hold on to those pictures because it's all I have of her. Um, but I look at those pictures and I just cherish that time um, that I got to mother this baby, you know, for this, this short period of time. So um, I think that you know, even before Ghazi came home and I told him, God was already dealing with me, already dealing with me. 
um, on the loss of the baby, helping me to prepare myself. This is, you know, I had was doing research. This is what I need to do. Um, I wasn't, I was hurt, but I wasn't broken. Mm-hmm. You know, I was deeply hurt, but I wasn't broken. Um, and just thinking about the way forward, you know, I, even before I com- could confirm that she was gone, I was just thinking about the way forward. And I immediately, not immediately, a week after we lost her, a week after I delivered her, um, I started talking. You know, I told Ghazi I want to start talking about it on social media. He gave me the green light, and um, I, I shared openly with it. And so much healing came from just being able to say, you know, this happened. And um, because so many people shared with us in our joy about this little girl, right, we right. posted a video of our gender reveal. Mm-hmm. I think it was over 5,000 people watched that gender reveal mm-hmm. between my page and his. So I thought, we shared the life of this girl. Why would we not share this part of mm-hmm. her, too? So, you know, after a week, I, you know, we started sharing. And, um, you know, I got a lot of support. And people started opening up to me. People who lost their babies 24 years ago you know, we're, we're reaching out to be saying this happened to me too, and you're going to be okay. And mm-hmm. here's some things I did to heal. Or it was women who um, had lost their babies around the same time that I was, they were b- getting healing from me sharing mm-hmm. so openly. I just had lunch with one um, yesterday. So, you know, it, 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 um, it is heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when I share, I think people think that, you know, how are you over this so fast? I'm not, right. and you never will be over right. a loss of child. But, um, but I have learned through my own personal experiences that every single thing that God allows is for a reason and for a purpose. And if you stay stuck in the horribleness, the sadness, the why me, you will never get the lessons out of that situation. Mm-hmm. But if you start talking to God and asking him for the way forward um, and, and to help show you why this happened, for you to get and focus on getting the lessons out of it, it just makes it a little bit easier to go through, you know, these difficult and tragic things that we all experience. Right, right. So. Yeah, I was I was so impressed or amazed by, one, I, I saw some of the pictures and, mm-hmm. and the video and everything, and then, you know, when, when it happened and the revelation um, that Ghazi provided when we had a conversation the other day. Mm-hmm. And it, it was a, uh, I don't know if I can put words to it, but, you know, it was such a, I'll say, beautiful um, experience mm-hmm. to feel, one, the, the love and the, the transformation that, that this has occurred and and like you say god has a plan for everything and then that was what god was telling me too right. and uh and i think it reveals so much about how god can work mm-hmm. you know in people's lives and i know you want to say so <laughs> well you know you know I, you know i guess you know with me so you know when, when she first told me that, that she had the poly Cystic ovarian syndrome. syndrome, You know, and like she can't have a baby, you know, to me, because I had already had nine children, you know. And Mm -hmm. um, in my mind, I say, well, God knew he was going to put you with one who knew how to produce. (laughs) 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 She's like, girl, we're going to get him out of that. (laughs) I got somebody to pay you. you (laughs) If this boy can't do nothing else, he can make a baby. (laughs) And, um, you know, Mm -hmm. so, uh, and, 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 I was there for all of my children's birth. Mm-hmm. Like I was there, you know, my oldest daughter is, she be 33. Mm-hmm. And this, this go back into 88. Mm-hmm. And I remember holding her, coming out the womb and holding her. So I held all my children. So with me, it, it was the, the, the impact psychologically and spiritually to um, not hold one of my children that's not alive. Mm-hmm. That just blew me away, you mm-hmm. know? And, and I looked at the baby because I held the baby before Cheyenne held the baby. Mm-hmm. You know, she for a minute, she didn't want to hold the baby for about 30, 40 minutes, but mm-hmm. I did, and I, I just st- studied my daughter, you know, and looked at her, and I'm, I'm looking at her features like, man, she's gonna look just like my other daughter, and mm-hmm. you know, they, they like, she's gonna look just like my baby girl now. Mm-hmm. And um, the effect that that had on me, spiritually and psychologically, it was like something, but, like she say, it was hurt but not broken mm-hmm. because my mind is always God is the best knower, mm-hmm. you know, no matter what happened. Um, I've been through many tragedies in my life, so I immediately started looking for the lessons. You know, what do God want to see in this? You know, what's the value of this? And one thing I got from it is that sometimes you can have an ideal and a goal in life. 
something that you aspire to accomplish or to be. And you can pray about it, you can work on it, you can plan on it, go to school, you can do all that. And then when it sort of materializing in your mind, you start saying, man, God blessed me. I knew he heard my prayers. Mm-hmm. And then right at that point, he snatches away. Mm. Mm-hmm. And then at that point, what do you do? Do you turn back on God and say, dang, yeah. God, you know, you start cursing God, mm-hmm. you know, or do you do it strengthen your faith? Do it deepen your faith? You start looking for and asking a question, why? You know, why God? You know, why did this happen? Because with all the children I had, this was my most anticipated mm-hmm. pregnancy. And, I, and mm-hmm. all, all, you know, many of my children was playing, but because she was so excited and, I mean, what the baby do at one day in two seconds, what they do it one day in four seconds. <laughs> I mean, it was every day, all day. So, I mean, I mean, so my mind was like saturated with it. So I'm like, right. man, you know, it's exciting because I never studied all that like that, you know. Right. But um, so because that was my most anticipated um, pregnancy um, or, or, or child, it was something to, 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 you know, now it's gone. And it's like, man, you know, what do God want us to see? And um, even though that baby was born still, the life that she gave, you know, mm-hmm. she, she the life she gave to us right. and to so many other people. It's like I, I couldn't help but see God's hand on that. Mm-hmm. Like you know, so mm-hmm. she, you know, um, she was born still, and but she's still alive. You know, she right. lived in us and through yeah, us and so many yeah. people. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, yeah. That, that was that was so touching uh, uh, to to hear it from you guys and to feel it. Uh, and I, I think it, make, it makes such an impact on others. And like you were saying, um, how other women have reached out to you mm-hmm. and those who had a situation years ago right. and those who currently uh, going through a situation and, and trying to deal with it. It's, it's, it's such a, uh, a process of healing and, right. and, and community. Yes, and, absolutely. And, uh, I, and I think how you being a nurse, um, and know you know the the, uh, the impact and the, the situation adds to it you know because right. it prepares you for it, it yes. prepares you for it yeah so uh, you were talking to me about um, yesterday we we're talking about that you're looking to do maybe do a book or right. uh, about the journey and everything mm-hmm. so how's that because I know it's you know recently but, yeah actually yeah. it's coming along pretty good and um, you know when we were in the hospital one of the nurses I believe her name was Jody mm-hmm. she came in and she actually took pictures the most beautiful pictures mm. I, I, neither neither of us would have thought of taking pictures like that mm. but one of the pictures was she put my daughter's hand on my thumb and it was like she that. was holding my thumb mm-hmm. right. and she took that picture and so that picture right there is actually the cover of the book mm-hmm. and the book is called Steel um, and the idea is still I rise, still I stand, still I persist, still I have faith, you know, um, even though she was still. Mm-hmm. And um, it's like um, the way we structure it, um, of course, she writing it from her angle, uh, and I'm writing it from my angle. You know, it's, it's like that yin and yang approach. You know, how, how does it affect the mother who carried the child? How does it affect the father? Of course, it, it don't have the, the impact on me or the father as it would on the mother. She carried mm-hmm. it. It was in her womb. This right. Time. But, you know, the effect is real, nevertheless. And from that book right there, I mean, man, you know, we put it out there, and it's like so many people. I, I seen all the people reaching out. And it's something, not just women, because, um, you know, one of my um, recent trainings, I, I trained a management team, um, and um, it was like 10 men, and they seen the, the, the story on social media. And I was shocked that three of the men in there had also gone through the same experience. Mm. And one of them went through the experience twice in one year. Wow. And they shared their pain as men. So here I am uh, here at the company to do professional training. But part of the, the message was healing for mm. men who've, who've gone through that. And I'm like, wow, you know, this is really something. So mm. it was men and women reaching out, sharing, sharing their experience with us. And we just say, man, you know, maybe God wants to do something with this and, and uh, show people not just the loss of, of, of life, but how to deal with any kind of loss, you know, right. because mm-hmm. we live in a world where we so, you know, I won't, I won't, I won't, I won't. But mm-hmm. if you lose it then, well, you lose your job, you know, you lose your mind, you lose your health, you right. lose your leg and right. whatever, you know, how to deal with loss and cope with loss and yeah. from that point thrive and move to another level. Mm. Programming is supported by Shiner Gold Pomade, regular, special, and clay hair holes for men and women, shave soap, and merchandise. Retail locations in the U.S. or online store. Shipping to anywhere in the world at shinergold.com. Shiner Gold on Facebook. S-H-I-N-E-R-G-O-L-D. 
D-O-T-C-O-M. Shine of Gold on Facebook. All right, this is the Alvin Gallery Show, and we're back uh, with uh, Ghazi Muhammad and his wife, Cheyenne Muhammad, and we're talking about their journey and their triumph uh, over tragedy and how they're healing, that the process of their healing is helping others heal. Um, so we're, we're talking about the effects of the community on this. Uh, did you ever imagine this would happen like this or, you know, that that effect will reach out to so many people in so many ways? Um, I, I know I didn't. I never, I didn't see this coming. Um, and I didn't, when I initially I started sharing, um, you know, I woke up one morning and was like, I need to say this, I need to say this. And then I wrote on social media. And then um, the next night, I woke up early in the morning and something was on my heart. I was crying and I shared some more. And um, I, I, yeah, I didn't anticipate the effect that it would have on other people. I never anticipated that people would start reaching out to me. I just was sharing because, you know, we are both, both very transparent on social media as, as it is. With yeah. other things that have happened in our lives, we are um, always sharing. So I just thought, why would I hold this in? And yeah, I, I, I didn't see... Um, the effect, I didn't see that women would reach out to me for me to minister to them. I've had several people call me crying, mm. <laughs> mm. you know, about about their situation. At our, we had a celebration of life for her on November 16th. And after the celebration, people were coming up saying, the things that you guys shared here and your resilience through something so terrible helps me in this area of my life. And I don't have the exact same story as you, but I'm applying what you what I've saw, seen here today to this situation that I'm going through. We have multiple people um, come up to us after the celebration of life with those kind of stories. And I've gotten them in my inbox. I've got, gotten text messages mm -hmm. and phone calls where people are saying the same thing and completely different situations. We had one lady who um, her father has a brain tumor and she was in, with any bad situation, you can get yourself into a place of self-pity mm -hmm. and stay stuck there because whatever you're going through is that horrific. But she said, seeing the two of you so resilient through this made me dust myself off and mm. say I can do this. And that, that for me, that means everything to me, right. to be able to help somebody else. For my painful situation and my sharing and being so transparent and open, for that to help somebody else means everything to me because that's what we're here for is right. really to help each other True. and to touch each other and to help each other. If, if God has given me some difficult situations, I know it's not just for me. It's for me to help somebody else through their d difficult situation. So yeah. that has been everything to me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think she said it all as far as the uh, effect on the community. You know, I know um, not, not just the community, but, but even our family. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like a lot of our family members, a lot mm -hmm. of cousins and aunts and uncles and, you know, um, them witnessing and, and, and watching that experience, the whole experience, because they too was joyous and, you know, they would um, often chime in on a social media post and they would laugh with us and, you know, so it was a, a period of, um, I can also mourn with you and, mm -hmm. you know, be there with you and support you through this. So, you know, we got a lot of calls from family and friends and um, from across the country, you know, that we've known and, you know, we're very appreciative to all of them that um, reached out, that sent the text message, uh, email, a phone call, yeah. a, a DM, or just even thought of a kind word or prayer. You know, right. we really appreciate that. Right, right. You know, we're, we, we were laughing because after Cheyenne was talking, guys, he was, I think, uh, transfixed. Yeah, mesmerized. mesmerized. <laughs> 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 and then he said, oh, okay, let me say something. <laughs> How did you two meet? How did you two meet? Man, you know what? Strangely, <laughs> listen to this. You're not going to believe was, this. Hold on, you ain't going to believe this because you was a part of it. I'm going to tell you how. Listen to this. <laughs> so I was here being interviewed about my book two years ago okay. with um, Leticia. Okay. And you came in a a a after I finished, and you told me I'm going to go around to the um, 
the um, Bad Black Marketplace, um, the oh, Archwood okay. Exchange. Okay. And I say, oh, man, I've been you. And I say, <laughs> I say, oh, man, you know, I've been wanting to go around there. I've never been. You say, come on. It was around the corner. Mm. And so I followed you around to the Archwood Exchange. <laughs> and when I walk into the Archwood Exchange, they had <laughs> their business set up. You know, they were talking about financial literacy. And right. I walk in, she say, brother, you know somebody with less than perfect credit? I'm like, oh, here she go. <laughs> <laughs> here she go. <laughs> So I'm like, she saw I mean, you coming. I mean, she saw me coming. So I didn't want to hear nothing about no credit. I'm like, yeah, well, that's so I listened to and things like that, and, and it was so strange because um, just several days prior to that, the sister who helped me organize my um, book signing, um, mm. Aaliyah Peterson, Cheyenne had met her two days prior, mm. and, and and this sister was saying about this brother Gazi. You know, he wrote mm-hmm. this book and mm-hmm. he had this book signed and this and that. Mm-hmm. So she and I talking, and she didn't know that, that this was me. And uh, <laughs> and there was a brother came up to me, um, um, Tail Pori. Oh, just right, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He came to me and he said, "Hey, brother Gazi, you got one of your books?" And she like, "You Gazi? <laughs> like, hold on, I just talked Gazi." And it was it was so strange, man. And uh, you know, um, it was divine. It was yes. divine. And from that, and it, it's crazy because I followed you over there. <laughs> and here we are. Here we are. Here we are. <laughs> Two years later. Uh, I'm so glad I had a pimple. Yes, yes, yes. Oh man, I tell you, yes. well, you know, it's kind of crazy too is that I would say that you kind of introduced me to my current girlfriend I would say I would say current now <laughs> because when we we did the bounce back and uh, after I don't I don't think it was the first show maybe it was the second show because I don't think it was the evening I can't remember but uh it was November the 1st and uh, you know, afterwards we come out in the lobby and talk to individuals and everything. And so um, there was this lady, Ramona, had this the T-shirt or the shirt on. She calls it a billboard shirt, and it says, uh, uh, "Police, I can't remember exactly. Please stop killing black men." I remember, right, right, right. right. And so I said, "Well, I need to take a picture uh, with this shirt." And, and I, and I think I, I gave you my camera. You did, I, I gave you my camera <laughs> to take wow. the picture of right. us. And then uh, I tell you, this is crazy how things blossom. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Oh, we got a double date. We're going to get right. We got to get together. Double date for sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's amazing. That's amazing. Um, the impact. Uh, well, I was, like you said, the, the, the meeting, you guys coming together and meeting and it's divine and how all this comes about is divine. Um, what, what do you see, if you can predict the future, uh, what, do you, what do you see uh, the future be? <laughs> they both look at you like <laughs> You know, um, I was thinking earlier when you, we started off with talking about where we come from, um, I used to say when I was a little girl, and I don't think I've ever told you this, but I used to always say I want to be internationally known. Mm. I don't know what I wanted to be known for. I don't mm. know why, what you know, where I got that dream. Mm. Um, but I think that because um, because our hearts are in the right place, and and we both have individual um, missions to serve people and to help people as far and wide as we can. And because we are so willing and so open to give of ourselves to help other people, that um, I believe that Ghazi and Cheyenne are going to be internationally known and have international impact, mm-hmm. um, you know, on 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 people's lives because we are so open to share. And um, I think that God blesses you according to your level of integrity, mm. you know. And so, not according to what you want, not according to your hopes and dreams, but according right. to your level. Of integrity, and I think both Cheyenne and Ghazi individually and collectively have showed God um, that um, we don't take anything that you've given us for granted, and we are wide open to share it and and, and to be. Um, we are totally submitted to God and wherever He is, uh, you know, wants to take us. So I see Cheyenne and Ghazi being internationally known and having international impact is what I see. Mm. I see it too. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you know, I, you know, I do know, you know, in, in the past year or so, um, we, we, you know, we really um, began to to level up, and um, you know, really invest, um, you know, do more investment in, in real estate and um, business, and I think that the synergy, but between she and I, because she's very organized, mm-hmm. very professional. Mm-hmm. Um, articulate and you know she know all the ins and out the back end of business very well Mm -hmm. 
I'm the kind that's gonna jump off the mountain, damn it, and just do it. I mean, no paperwork, no structure, no nothing. You know? And so, and, and, and that works sometimes, but w- to get it started. Mm. But when you want to scale and sustain it, that don't work. Right. You got to have like a foundation. Yeah. And, and I think you know God knew exactly what He was doing mm. with putting us together because um, you know we both complement each other like that. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely in areas of my weakness, she's strong as heck, and, mm-hmm. and vice versa. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, it just works together like like just. Hand and glove. Yeah, know? yeah. Oh, I, I tell you, I really appreciate you, uh, you two sharing this, uh, this journey. Uh, thank uh, you, with my brother. Me. And uh, absolutely, definitely got to have you back. And, yes, sir. Uh, oh, this is amazing. Uh, this is the Alvin Galloway Show, uh, and uh, we'll see you next time. And as I always say, today's a great day to make somebody's day great. <laughs>